Well, this morning, um, I want to continue the series that we began last Sunday titled Thank You Notes. And it's a Thanksgiving series. And, you know, it's not too difficult to be thankful for God's blessings during this Thanksgiving season. We've all become accustomed to doing it. We've, We've become accustomed to remembering during this time of year all that we've received from God. And we we take the whole month. Some people like to post things on social media one thing a day that they're thankful to God throughout the month. I think it's a great practice. But what about the rest of the year? For many people, the rest of the year gives, gives them an opportunity to slip back into negativity or to slip back into pessimism. They're thankful during this season, but after the season, they slip back into, into being unthankful and to being negative or pessimistic. Or maybe they slip back into being cynical and to being skeptical because uh, this is what we've, we've accustomed to, to do throughout the years and throughout the rest of the year, other than Thanksgiving. The problem is that when we approach life that way, though, when we approach life with negativity, with cynicism, we end up hurting ourselves. We hurt ourselves because we make ourselves miserable. And then if we make ourselves miserable, we make people around us miserable. How many of you know that's true? Because nobody likes to be around a negative person. Nobody likes to be around somebody who's always down, always negative. Now, I know a few negative people. I'm thinking maybe you do too. And I just don't want to be around them. I just don't want to hang out. I don't want to hang out with negative people. I might see them, greet them. But I don't want to hang out with negative people. I don't want to have lunch with them. I don't want to talk to them uh, on the phone or, or you know, in person. I don't want to, to have anything to do with them. Because they're negative and they wear me out. And they wear people out. They wear you out too. I mean, how much better is it to remain positive and thankful, not just during the Thanksgiving season, but throughout the year? But how do we do that? How do we express our gratitude to God? How do we give thanks to God? How do we do that? Now, we're in this series titled, Thank You Notes. And uh, I've, I've been saying to you that our parents taught us how to be thankful as children, right? When we were little toddlers, and you parents have taught your kids, and, and when they first began to speak, you learned to, or you taught them to, to learn to say thank you. And as they got older, and, and somebody gave them a gift, maybe they graduated from high school, they got many gifts, and, and the parents said, now make sure you write thank you notes. Make a list of all your gifts and make sure you write thank you notes to everybody that gave you a gift. And that's a good practice. But how do we give thanks to God? Do we write him a thank you note? Now, that's not really a bad idea. Over the years, I've learned occasionally to write my prayers to God. I've written, I've written many prayers to God where I don't kneel and say them, but I might sit and write them. And they're part of my journals. And, and I write thanks Thanks to God. And sometimes I'll write a, a prayer request. And I'm really needing God. And I say, God, help me. So, yeah, you can write a thank you note to God. That, that's another way of praying. But is that it? Is that the only way we can give thanks to God? So I want to I give you some ways today that we can give thanks to God. And there are many ways. There are many ways. But I'm going to go just uh, through a few this morning. First of all, we learn from Scripture 
that we give thanks to God by singing. We give thanks to God by singing. Here's what Psalm 147.7 says. In fact, I'd like for all of us to read it together. If we can put it up here. Psalm 147.7 reads like, does everybody say this out loud? Here we go. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. Let's read it again in a strong voice. Okay, here we go. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. Sing out your, your praise. Sing out your thanks to God. Now, I happen to, to believe that nothing makes you more aware of God's presence faster than praising God. I happen to know a little bit about singing. I have two degrees in, in music. And so I know a little bit about singing and, and the, the power of singing and how it impacts us. Uh, in fact, it, it always surprises people when I when I tell them the story that, you know, I, I had a teaching career and, and I still do it part time as a as a choir director, as all of you know. But um, initially I wasn't interested. I was in high school. I wasn't interested in, in choir at all. When I was in school, I was mainly interested in sports. I ran track and I, I played a little basketball but when it came to music, I, I wanted to be uh, a band director. I was in a band. Band was just the greatest. Football trips. Uh, you know, it's just I loved band. And, uh, but it, it gets a little more weird than that. I used to actually make fun of guys that were in the choir. And, and I'll give you a little more background. We went to a really rough school. A really rough school. It, it wasn't cool to be in the choir. And so everybody, all, all my friends made fun of the guys that were in the choir. So I did too. I mean, my sister was in the choir, but she's a girl, right? You know, so, you know, I just kind of went along with them and, and made fun of the guys that were in the choir. Not, not really in a bad, ugly way, but, you know, still, you know, had a little digs toward uh, the guys that were in choir. But then, and I don't have time to give you all the background, but through uh, this uh, chain of events, I ended up singing my junior year because I was taking music theory and uh, the, the music theory teacher was a choir director. And so he needed some guys for the choir to sing at UIL contest. So uh, all my friends, my band friends that were taking this music theory class said, yeah, we'll do it. And I was the only one who said, I don't want to be in the choir. And they said, we're not going to be in the choir. We're just going to sing with them this year at the UIL contest. So I was like, ah, oh, I don't really want to do this. But, you know, peer pressure being what it is, I went along with them and uh, we learned the music on our own and then... We practiced with a choir after school, and it wasn't a great choir, but there's this, that's where I first discovered that there's something awesome, there's something hard to describe about group singing. That was a, you know, I'd sung in, I'd sung in church, I used to sing solos in church since I was eight years old, and um, many of you don't know this, but Velma, my sister, played piano, and so she was my accompanist, and I would sing, and, uh, but I had never really been in, in a, a formal you know, a group singing uh, ensemble. And so that very first rehearsal, after school rehearsal, well, we started singing and our director began to work with us and to shape the sound and to polish. Something happened to my soul. Something happened to my spirit that I thought, oh, my word. 
You know, band was still great. I still loved band, but this was something unusual. I had never felt. And there's a, there's, there's power in group singing and ensemble singing. And when you're singing praises to God, when you're singing thanksgiving to God, that just makes you aware of God's presence. You know, in choral music, there is something that everybody who's ever been a serious singer in a, in a, in a choral program has experienced. And, and it's something when, when, when you sing, you get goosebumps and you just feel like, wow, what was that? Just the, the beauty of the sound. And I, I went through that for the first time that day and so many times. And as, as a teacher, I taught that. And, and sometimes my kids after song would kind of look at me and would say, you know, I could, I could. And we would talk about this, but I could almost hear their thinking like, what was that we just felt? You know, and I would tell them, you know what, kids? When we're making music together and, and you're watching me and I'm conducting and, and, and our spirits are connecting. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we get that. There was just something special. And when, and when you do that in praising God and, thanks, and singing your thanks to God, then there's nothing more powerful than that when we do it as a group. And even as individuals, the Bible says to sing your thanks to God. Now you say, but I can't sing, Pastor. I can't sing. You might be like that person who said, I'm a prison singer. You ever heard of a prison singer? A prison singer is behind a few bars and can't find the right key. <laughs> you might say, I'm a prison singer. I'm behind a few bars and I can't find the right key. It doesn't matter. The Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So maybe that's where you're found. But we can all sing our thanks to God. How do I give thanks to God? Open your mouth and sing. Sing your thanks to God. You can sing your thanks to God anywhere. God is everywhere, right? So you can sing your thanks to God everywhere. You can sing your thanks to God in your home, in your office, in your, in your car. You can sing as you get dressed in the morning. You can sing um, your praises to God as you wash dishes, as you're putting your kids to bed. When you, when you go to bed, when you get up in the morning. And now we have this great opportunity with, with technology. We can have music on our phones. We can have praise and worship music and and. Uh, Remember when we used to buy, we used to have to buy the albums to have music in our homes? How many of you remember the albums, you know, the big, you know, 33 uh, 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 RPMs? And, and uh, now you, you can just have it on your phone. You can just stream it, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, just stream it. And uh, you always have the latest praise and worship music. And here's the thing. Christianity is a singing faith. It's a singing faith. Did you know that more songs have been written about Jesus Christ than any other subject in history? More than love songs. There are a lot of love songs up there, out there, but more than love songs or anything else, more songs are written about Jesus than any other subject. Why is that? Because he's the one who is worthy of our thanks and of our praise. So sing your thanks to God. You know, psychologists have discovered that singing actually lifts your spirits. That there are physical changes that can take place in your life and in your brain as you sing praises to God. Because praise renews. Praise rejuvenates. And if you're not praising God, if you're not, if you're not giving thanks to God through singing, you're cheating yourself. You're missing out. I read of a psychologist uh, that when people came to him for counseling, one of the first questions he would ask was this. It's kind of, you might think it's kind of an odd question. But one of the first questions he would ask was this. Did you sing 
the songs in your church last week? Did you sing the songs in your church last week? And if they said no, then he would say, you need to go home and sing them. It's, it's, a, it's a mood lifter. It's a depression lifter. Praise. So if you're feeling down, just start worshiping God. Start singing and watch this miracle of thanksgiving take place in your heart. So we give thanks to God by singing. Secondly, we learn from Scripture that we give thanks to God by serving. We give thanks to God by serving. Let's all read together Psalm 100, verse 2, and read it out in a, in a strong voice. Here we go. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. We've already talked about singing. But he says, the psalmist says, Serve the Lord with gladness. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our lives. Now, the Hebrew word for serve used here is a word avad. Everybody say avad. Avad means to toil, to work, to do, to accomplish. Now, avad can also mean to honor God in formal worship. Some translations of the Bible here say worship the Lord with gladness because avad can mean a formal worship. But a lot of them say serve the Lord with gladness because avad also means to do work, to toil, to accomplish. So to to serve God means we work for God. It means that we toil, we do some work. And that's one of the ways we give thanks to God when, when we serve God. In fact, if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I preached a message titled what it means to serve God. What it means to serve God. And when we serve God, it's not some chore. It's not some duty. Oh, I need to do this. That's not like an obligation. I better do this or God's going to be mad at me. But when we serve God, it's a privilege. The motive for serving God, the motive for using my talents and gifts is serving God and others in, in ministry. The motive is gratitude. We're thankful to God. And so we serve God. Now, if God never did another single thing in your life, then you still owe him everything for what he has already done. Now, you know, there are people who, who say, and I've heard this, people who say, well, you know what? I work for what I got. This house, the, the cars that I have, I worked hard for these things. Well, where did you get your ability to work? Where did you get your talent? Where did you get the mind the ability that, that you have to, to, to do the mental work that you do at your job. You got it from God. Where did you get your energy? Where did you get your strength? From God. Where did you get your health? From God. Who gave you the opportunity to have this job? God did. Where did you get the freedom to do the work that you want to do? From God. So we have a lot to be thankful for to God. How do we serve God? How do we serve God? Well, first, it involves using your talents and your abilities. Some of you have uh, the, the ability to, to build things. Some of you have the ability to fix things. Some of you have the ability to sell things. Some of you have the ability to, to cook things, to prepare. I mean, there's so many things that, that we naturally can do because God gave us those abilities. And there are spiritual gifts that God has given us. We have certain things that are close to our hearts. Some people love to work with children. That's just their heart is toward the children. 
And some people, you know, have certain experiences in their lives that have prepared them to work in that area. Maybe they have an experience of uh, they, they lost a loved one. Maybe they lost a child. So they're able to serve God by helping people who have gone through that same valley. Somebody who's also lost a child. Life experiences have prepared us. Maybe your education has prepared you in a certain area. You went and you studied. You got a certificate. You got a diploma. You got a degree. Something that has prepared you. And that's, that's an area that you can serve God. So first of all, serving God involves using your talents and your abilities. But secondly, serving God involves work. Right? Sometimes we just have to work. Sometimes we get tired. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, aware that if we have a, 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 a meeting at the church or some kind of preparation, some kind of job, and I think, I really don't want to pull people away from their home an extra night. We already meet on Wednesdays, and, well, we got to meet on Tuesday. And, and sometimes I really hate to do it, but you know what? we got to, we got to get it done. And, and ultimately, you know, it's work. Ultimately, sometimes you're tired from doing your job, but you got something to do at the church. Serving God involves work. And so, but we do it because we're thankful to God. Everything you have is a gift of God. So let's make Thanksgiving more than just a single day in which you eat food and you watch football. Make it a lifestyle in which you thank God for all that he's done in your life. You thank him through singing. And you thank him through serving by doing something, something totally altruistic that is not. In other words, you're not expecting anything for yourself. Something totally unselfish, using the talents and the gifts that you've got to help people in a way that you don't get something back in return. You don't get recognized on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You just did it because you wanted to serve God by serving somebody. It's just in gratitude to God for what he's done. So we sing our thanks with our lips, but we serve with our lives. And here's another way that we learn from Scripture to give thanks to God. The third way, we give, we give thanks to God by giving, by giving. Here's a verse that I want us to read together in Psalm 50, verse 14. Let's all read it together. Here we go. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. Sacrifice thank offerings. Now I looked up the word for uh, the phrase, the Hebrew word for the phrase thank offering. And the, the Hebrew word for thank offering is toda. Toda. T-O-D-A-H. Toda. And toda means to acknowledge... And to thank. To acknowledge and to thank. In other words, a thank offering is an offering that is given to acknowledge God's blessing and to thank Him for that blessing. Toda, it's a thank offering. And the Bible says that the level of my giving shows the level of my gratitude. We'll read a verse that talks about that here in just a minute. The level of my giving... Shows the level of my gratitude. So if I'm not giving, then I must not be very grateful. Because obviously thanks and giving go together. Thanksgiving. One of the ways we give thanks is through our giving. Now, I, I'm grateful to God because this is a church. And it, it, this is a church that gives. And I'm grateful to God for that. 
but there's always an opportunity for us to examine our hearts, examine our motives. And, and, and so I want to ask some questions about your giving. Just ask yourself these questions. First of all, ask yourself, am I just giving what I think I can afford to give? Or am I giving what I know God wants to give through me? Because the Bible clearly teaches us that God wants to give through us. So am I just giving what I think I can afford or what God wants to give through me? Secondly, ask yourself this question. Is my giving stretching my faith? And there's a saying, I've heard some pastors say this. I, you know, it always sounds a little bit harsh to me, so I don't, I don't use it. But I'm going to tell you what they say. That some pastors, when they talk to giving is about giving, they say, some of you are just throwing God a bone. Well, I mean, I don't know if people are really throwing God a bone, but I think I understand what they're saying. It's like, here's, here's, here's five bucks, here's ten bucks. Uh, is, is my giving really stretching my faith? Number three, has my giving showed how much I really love Christ, how much I really love Jesus, and how much I love the, the church? Because the, the church is the bride of Christ. So has my giving shown how much I really love Jesus and his church family? Here's another question. Has my giving represented a genuine sacrifice? Man, was it really a sacrifice? Some, sometimes giving is a sacrifice. It doesn't always have to feel like a sacrifice, but occasionally it's a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, it was called a sacrifice. So has my giving represented a genuine sacrifice? And, and finally, ask yourself this question. Does the amount that I give truly express the level of my gratitude that I have for my family for my life, for my church, for my salvation? Does it really represent how grateful I am to God for those things? Here's what Deuteronomy 16.10 says. Here's what God instructed His people in the Old Testament to do. This is Deuteronomy 16.10. He says, Then celebrate the Feast of Weeks. This is one of the festivals that, that, that God uh, ordained. Celebrate the feast of weeks to the Lord your God by giving a free will offering. Listen to this. A free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. A free will. In other words, you're not, you're not forced to give it. Just give it out of, out of your gratitude. A free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. So this is a biblical principle. God established this. This was a Thanksgiving festival. It was called the Feast of Weeks, where his people were to bring him this free will offering. And so I challenge you that that uh, you would give an offering of gratitude to God. Give a gift of thanks in proportion to the blessings that God has given to you. So we give thanks to God by singing, by serving, by giving. And then finally, we give thanks to God by telling. We give thanks to God by telling. In other words, telling others about God. Telling others about Jesus. Every time you tell somebody about Jesus, every time you tell somebody the good news of the gospel, you're thanking God. Did you know that? You're thanking God. Every time you tell somebody about Jesus and you say, hey, come to church with me and you'll hear some more about this, then you're thanking God. Here's what Isaiah 12 4 says, and we're going to read this together uh, one more time together. Everybody look at 
Isaiah 12, 4. It reads like this. Here we go. In that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. So you give thanks to the Lord and you make known among the nations what he has done. You tell others about God. We have the greatest news in the world. It's good news. And it keeps getting gooder and gooder. It keeps getting better and better. Because uh, the news in our world, in our culture, keeps getting worse and worse, doesn't it? But the good news of the gospel gets better and better. This is great news. It's better than the, than the cure for cancer. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs what we know because somebody told us about Jesus. And so... We just got to learn to tell others about Jesus by telling them what he has done for us. All you have to do is to tell people what he has done for you. And you might say, well, Pastor, I mean, I've been in the church all my life. I never really went out to sow my wild oats. And uh, well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But even if you didn't, you can at least tell them this. Because I, I, you know, I find myself in... In those shoes, and I grew up in the church, and I, when I was still a young teen, I started teaching Sunday school, and I was a, the youth group president, and I played the, the piano at the church, and so I was always involved in ministry, but uh, I cannot, I, I, and I've told people this, you know what, I know myself, I know my temptations, I know how I'm tempted, and some of you would be shocked but maybe not, because maybe you're tempted the same way. We're all tempted. But the testimony that I can give is, is this. You know, if, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't because God has given me parents that taught me and, and, and because God saved me, has forgiven me, my life would be wheels off. Because I, because I know where I'm tempted. I might be in jail somewhere because I know how Satan tempts me. And the things he tempts me with are really bad I mean, some of them are criminal. You know what I'm saying? So you might think, well, you know, I never did anything bad. Yeah, but you, you had a, a, a sinful part of you that unchecked would have been out of control. And so we have a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful that God saved me so that I'm not in prison somewhere. So I'm not messed up somewhere. So I'm not, you know, without a family on my own, lost in despair. And so we all have something to be thankful for. You're an authority on your life and your life story. You're the authority in how God has worked in your life, how God has kept you. You don't think it's a miracle that uh, a young man, I, I used to be young, you know, can make it through high school and college. And I wasn't perfect by far. I was not perfect by far. But you don't think it's a miracle that I made it through during high, high school and college and I kept my faith? That was of God. That wasn't of me. I had some, some students many years ago. There were a group of senior boys who were talking about college. They were in my choir. And uh, they started to ask me about college and about drinking. And, and I told them, well, you know what? I, I, you know, I never drank. And they refused to believe that I didn't drink in college. They said, everybody drinks in college. You're lying to us. No, I'm not, guys. You're lying to us. Come on, tell us the truth. Uh, not that there weren't opportunities. But you don't think it's a miracle that, that is worth telling somebody that God can keep you? God can help you. God can forgive you if you do 
sin and we all sin in one way or another. But what I'm saying is you're the only authority in your life. And if you don't share what God has done for you, nobody else will share it. I can't go around telling people, you know, you know what God did for this young guy in my church? No, it's got to be you who tells that story. If you don't tell your story, who will tell it? If you don't tell your story, if you don't share your faith, it's not going to get shared and uh, the world will be at a loss because of that. So as Christians, we are to be witnesses. And Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. What does a witness do? Have any of you ever been a witness in a trial? What does a witness do? A witness just simply tells what he saw and what he heard. What he saw and what he heard. That's all, that's all a witness does. When our kids were little, Kelly was probably about eight or nine years old. Kelly witnessed a bicycle theft at Walmart one time. We had, we had gone into Walmart and uh, the kids stayed. She might have been a little bit older because the kids stayed in the car. And uh, apparently uh, somebody had left a bicycle out there and an individual came and stole the bicycle, and so the, the family came out, the bicycle was gone, and uh, we came back, and the girls told us what they had seen, and um, so Kelly says, I saw what happened, and I saw the guy that took the bicycle, and so I went and talked to the officer, and I said, my daughter said she had seen, she might have been around 10, I forget now, but my daughter said she saw who took the bicycle, and so the officer said, okay, let me have your address, and um, Go on home and we'll, we'll stop by and, and talk to your daughter. So gave her the address and we went home. We actually went to my mom's house. I gave her that address and we went to my mom's house to, to wait. And we're waiting for the officer to come to interview Kelly. And Kelly got really nervous. This is, this is after school. She was still in her cornerstone uniform, those culottes that they love to wear. They used to love, they used to love those culottes. And uh, so she's wearing in her shirt and, and her blouse and the culottes. And she was really nervous. And, um, and I said, Kelly, it's okay. They're just going to ask you what you saw. Just tell them what you saw. She said, I know, but I've got these. And she pulled out some paper clips from her pocket. But I've got these. I said, and? Well, when they do this to me. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to pat you down. They just want to know what you saw. That's it. She was nervous. She, she didn't seen a little too much TV. You know? So to be a witness, you don't have to, they don't have to pat you down. They just got to know what you saw and what you heard. And so when, when the Bible in the book of Acts tells us how Peter and John were arrested for, for preaching about Jesus. And uh, before they let him go, they told him, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Here was their response in Acts 4.20. They said, as for us... We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So you give thanks to God by telling and you tell what you've seen and heard. Here's what God did in my life. Here's, here's how God forgave my sins. Here how, here's how God brought me out of confusion and deception or whatever it is. So look for someone that you can share your faith with someone you can invite to church and, and uh, where you can communicate and tell them, hey, here's what Jesus has done for me. That's giving thanks to God when you do that. So let me just finish with this. You know, there's there's miracle working power. When we give 
thanks to God. In, in praise and worship and thanksgiving. Many of you know the great story in Acts 16 where Paul and Silas had been talking about Jesus. And, and they were arrested, thrown into a prison in Philippi. And they're in this a dark dungeon of a jail. That's what it was, a dungeon. And they were in chains. They were hurting because they had been scourged. And in the middle of the night, at midnight, the Bible says they decide to start thanking God. Who thanks God in prison, in chains, when they've been beaten and scourged? Well, they began to thank God in that difficult and painful circumstance. They start singing and praising God and When they did that, God performed a miracle. He sent an earthquake, and the earthquake was so powerful that it it rattled the jail doors loose. The jailer thought all the prisoners that he was in in charge of had escaped. So he thought, I'm going to kill myself because they're all loose now. They're going to kill me anyway. But Paul told him, hey, don't do that. We're all here. Don't kill yourself. And so the jailer asked him, what, what kind of... Prisoners, are you? We're Christians. He said, what must I do to be saved? And they, they led him to the Lord. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house and your family. So the jailer took Paul and Silas to his home and, and he, he, he uh, uh, cleaned up their wounds with bandages. And, and Paul talked to the family about Jesus. They all became saved. They all were baptized. But the prison doors were unlocked when they began to praise and thank God. The prison doors were unlocked when they began to praise and thank God. So let me ask you, what prison are you in this morning? What prison are you in? Is it it a financial prison where you're in trouble financially? Is it an emotional prison where mentally you're confused, there's deception emotionally? You know, you're in some, some kind of emotional pain. Is it a relational prison? Are you locked up in a prison with guilt? Are you locked up in a prison with worry? Are you locked up in a prison with discouragement and disappointment and depression? Maybe you're locked up in a, in a habit that you can't seem to break loose from. Maybe it's a prison of conflict between you and, and others. Whatever it is, let me encourage you. Start thanking God. Start thanking God and, and watch those prison doors open wide as God does a miracle in your life. The attitude of gratitude can do a miracle in your life. The attitude of gratitude releases the power of God when we thank Him, when we praise Him. So today, instead of complaining, instead of whining, and I'm not saying pretend you don't have any problems. You know, we have to admit we have problems. Otherwise, how can we expect God to answer our prayer? But instead of complaining constantly about that, Start counting your blessings. Instead of looking at what you lost, start looking at what you have left from God. So today, let's do that as as we go to the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to spend some time practicing what we've heard and just praising God. But first, would you pray with me? Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for the grace that you have shown every one of us. I'm so thankful, dear God, for the plan that you have for us. I'm so thankful for the family, the church family 
our earthly family that you have given us and for the home that you have prepared in heaven for us. I'm thankful to God for the changes that you have made in my life. I'm different today than I was a few years ago because you're still working on me. You're still growing me. I just want to ask you, God, to help me to show my gratitude to you. Help me not to be so self-centered, God. You know how easy it is for me to be self-centered, for me to think about myself only. Help me, dear God, to show my gratitude by singing to you. may not be beautiful singing, but it comes from my heart. Help me to show my attitude, dear God, by serving you, by giving to you, by telling others about you. I'm so grateful to you, Father. I'm so grateful to you for all that you've done and continue to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.